0: listening to radio maria and this is father toby with your word for today and i want to begin with today's gospel which is taken from mark chapter 3. jesus went into a synagogue and there was a man there who had a withered hand and they were watching him to see if he would cure him on the sabbath day hoping for something to use against him he said to the man with the withered hand stand up out in the middle Then he said to them, Is it against the law on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they said nothing. Then grieved to find them so obstinate, he looked angrily round at them and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was better. The Pharisees went out and at once began to plot with the Herodians against him discussing how to destroy him. David Foster Wallace, one of my favorite writers, tells a story of two guys sitting together in a bar in the remote Alaskan wilderness. One of the guys is religious, the other is an atheist. And the two are arguing about the existence of God with uh, what Foster Wallace calls that special intensity that comes about after the fourth beer. And the atheist says, look, It's not like I don't have actual reasons for not believing in God. It's not like I haven't ever experimented with the whole God and prayer thing. Look, just last month, I got caught away from the camp in that terrible blizzard. And I was totally lost and I couldn't see a thing and it was 50 below. And so I tried it. I fell to my knees in the snow and I cried out, Oh God, if there is a God, I'm lost in this blizzard and I'm gonna die if you don't help me. And now in the bar, the religious guy looks at the atheist all puzzled. Well, then you must believe now, he says. After all, here you are alive. And the atheist just rolls his eyes. No, man. All that was was a couple of Eskimos happened to come wandering by and showed me the way back to the camp. How you look at things and what you're looking for matters. Another example, there was an experiment conducted by a professor at Dartmouth College. There were 27 male participants, 21 female, and they were told that they were taking part in an experiment that was meant to observe if people behaved differently towards those with facial scars. Participants were placed into rooms with no mirrors and a makeup artist proceeded to draw a scar on their face. And after the scar was drawn, Participants were given a short glimpse of themselves with a pocket mirror. And then they were invited to leave the room and interact with the folks in the building. But before they left the room, the makeup artist told the participants that the scar just needed some final touch-ups. But what the makeup artist actually did was to wipe off the scar entirely. There was no longer any scar, but the participants left the room thinking that they still wore a makeup scar. And they overwhelmingly reported back that people stared at their scars and were mean and rude to them, and some that even others were making veiled references to their scars. One more example. In The Magician's Nephew, Uncle Andrew, a proud, conceited and self-centered man, gets to a point in his life where even as Aslan speaks, all he can hear is a lion roaring. He has become so certain of his narrow, materialistic views, despite all the fantastical things going on all around him, which admittedly are things that you would not believe if you didn't see, or wouldn't believe if you were not told of by somebody you trusted. But he's become so narrow in his thinking that he is certain that animals cannot talk and that he cannot now there, hear a talking animal. And in these stories I've given you, we get a glimpse at how our worldview or what uh, Charles Taylor in a a slightly sort of richer um, description calls the social imaginary, how this affects our perception of reality and the way that we behave in it. And we also see, especially with that makeup uh, scar experiment, that our conception of ourselves and of others can be fundamentally altered too. And I think we see something similar in our gospel today. We're told something at the beginning of what was on the hearts of the Pharisees who encounter Jesus in the synagogue. We hear there was a man who had a withered hand and the Pharisees were watching him to see if he would cure him on the Sabbath day, hoping for something to use against him. They were looking for Jesus to transgress What they were certain was right. They were looking for him to heal the man, not in order that the man might be healed and they might rejoice in that. They were looking for him to heal the man so that they might prove Jesus was a threat and should be stopped. And they saw what they were looking for. What though, if they'd been looking for goodness? Well, then they might have seen their God. What do you look for as you go about your day? Do you look for signs of God active in your life and in others? And on this note, I'm actually really keen to start a good news slot on Radio Maria. 15 to 30 minutes, um, hopefully every day, devoted just to telling stories of goodness as an antidote to mainstream media. And if that's something that you'd like to be involved in producing or researching for, do let me know. But back to the main point, we can ask ourselves about how we look at other people. Do you look at others primarily as obstacles to your will? Do you see them as people who might be served? Do you look for things to confirm you in your view that other people are terrible and wicked? Because if you do, social media will feed you with a never ending stream of that. Do you look for people who you disagree with to be destroyed? because click on a few of those videos on YouTube with their titles of X Destroys Y and you'll soon be fed a never-ending banquet of such takedowns. You too sang I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But more and more I disagree. I think more and more that we find exactly what we're looking for. The question is what or who are we looking for? Let's now, on the subject of what we're looking for, um, listen to Melanie Penn encouraging us to look up.
1: We are straining to see what the next mile will bring And hoping the answers are there with ahead the But is it more to see up above the tree So drop everything, lift your eyes with me, cause baby our answers harp over our head.